Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the real episode number <laughs> 343 of the Talking Comics podcast. That's right. Two 343rd podcast for the price <laughs> one. I am your host, Steve Say, and this week I am joined by Mr. Bob Ryer. Space Force! Sorry. <laughs> oh my god. And to my left and or right is Mr. Joey Ricchino. Happy Juneteenth, everybody. What is that? Juneteenth? You don't know Juneteenth? Juneteenth no. is the day, is a celebration of the day that Union soldiers walked into uh, Galveston, Texas, representing the last group of enslaved peoples freed by the outcome of the Civil War. So it is celebrated as the symbolic end of enslavement in the United States. Nice. Did you just free ball that, or did you read that from somewhere? No, that's that's fucking real, man. Sorry, I just dropped the f bomb, but that's real, man. <laughs> yeah. This is this is symbolic. Yeah. There's a great episode of Blackish yeah. about it. Juneteenth. We're recording on June nineteenth for everybody that's listening, which is Juneteenth, uh, which is again this kind of celebration of the end of slavery in the United States. Right on. Yeah. Well then. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, it is the three amigos this week on the Talking Comics podcast. Our ladies wanted to be here. One thing led to another, and you're stuck with us. <laughs> who was it? Who was it complaining the last time about just us? No, no, no. It's fine. It's I fine. thought that yeah, episode no, was great. There was somebody. Where, where, is he? where is he? I, I see you out there. I see fight you. Him, all right, let's just listen, leave it. Let's just leave listen. It. Let's keep it positive. I refuse to name names. <laughs> I like this person. I like this person yes, a great deal. We, we, all right. we, we like everybody. Um, we'll do, we'll so endeavor we're... to do our best. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, we have a fun podcast lined up for you. All three of us are at least a little bit liquored up. Uh, we have some great books to talk about uh, and some bantery things. And a cool, uh, we're going to go back. And since it's Juneteenth, we're going to look at half of the year of comics 2018 and, and kind of throw out some titles of what we think has stood out what's really good, what you should be reading, uh, maybe what will come at the end of the year when we do our awards and stuff. So uh, stick around for that. But in the meantime, uh, let's just go around the room for a minute. I actually want to hear from Bob. Bob, you went and did something fun this weekend. Yes. Here on Long Island, we are a small little hotbed of a new yet old activity. We've got some roller derby action going on here on Long Island. So right up, Steve will know this, over in St. James, the sports arena, mm -hmm. we had the Strong Island Derby Revolution 
playing the Long Island Roller Rebels Rockabetty Bruisers in a ah. full-length full match that was score was a widespread win for the the Strong Island Revolution, but mega competitive, amazing athletes, families, and people. We we had we took I went with my friend Ed and Dawn and their two two of their little girls. And got to sit right at sort of rinkside, right on the ice. Had to stay five feet away from the end of the line. You don't want to get run over or whatever. But, wow, what a lot of fun. Everyone involved, the athleticism of, of these ladies, mm-hmm. skating and blocking and defense strategy. A lot of fun. If you've never been to a roller derby match near you, go, because they're all around the country. It's a grassroots thing building back up. I got into this sport, I hate to say this, 49, 50 years ago, my mom was really into roller derby. Ah. And back then, the the team, the, the, the sort of, the New York Yankees of roller derby were the San Francisco Bay Bombers with Charlie O'Connell and Joni Weston, the Golden Girl, and they had good guys and bad guys. It was like wrestling. Some of the outcomes were predetermined, but still, just as in in professional wrestling, the athleticism to be able to skate on eight-wheel skates and back then on a bank Mm -hmm. track and block and hit each other over the rails into the stands and everything else, pretty darn crazy. And so my friends Ed and Dawn said, well, hey, we're going to do this roller derby thing at, at the local arena. Do you want to come? And I went, I, I geeked out. I love roller derby. Nice. And so we get, and now it's all about, if anyone's seen the movie Whip It, which everyone should, directed by Drew Barrymore, starring mm-hmm. Ellen Page, Kristen Wiig, Jimmy Fallon, great sort of stuff. The idea, it's about attitude. There's a sort of goth punk thing going on with it too. And you have to have a great skater name. Oh yeah. So that that on on the the Rockabetty Bruises we have someone named Raina Terror <laughs> who was who was who was one of their star players Gypsy Danger right out of yep. Pacific Pacific Rim uh Tropical Storm. Come on, this is great stuff. Uh the skater of the match everyone puts in two bucks and you vote and and so on and so forth and T Virus please <laughs> this is just just great stuff i had i had a blast um they have another match scheduled for october i will be going back our referee for the evening rocky horowitz <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome incredible. right right and and the head non-skating official person keeping all the scores and seeing who's in the penalty box whatever Octopi Wall Street, and she drew like an octopus face tattoo on herself. Oh, that's a great name. Yeah. Octopi Wall, Wall Street. Street. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. I love that. Can I have yeah. a name? Can I have a roller derby name? Sure. Go ahead, John. Mine would be D Pafried. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It would absolutely work. Absolutely um, work. So, fun facts from the life and times of Steve. Uh, I used to date a roller derby player. Her really? name was Haiti. Yeah, her name was Haiti Bruiser. Yeah. Nice. Um, and she played for the Brooklyn Bombshells. Nice. Uh, her real name was Andromeda, birth name, which was really <laughs> awesome. <laughs> wow. Yes. 
Um, That's a yeah, roller she, derby name all by itself. We only did we we met at a tool show and we broke up at a tool show. It was Aww. like the best summer. <laughs> anyway, um, see now, but, to me, her her roller derby name should have been the Andromeda Strain. Wow, I'm just oh, saying that would have been really good. Yeah, yeah. Now she was she was mean though. Anyway, um, <laughs> the other thing is that it's not, not roller derby. But you said that your mom was a skater. My mom was also a skater. Really. Yeah, like she she would um not roller derby, but she would do um skating Skate in like the, the yeah like the roller yep. rinks and like routines and everything and competing like my mom competitions. Did, yep. Yeah, so like when I talk about growing up in the arcade and stuff like that, many of those arcades were the local Long Island like roller skates, mm-hmm. um, and then the one near the flea market that they had for the DS flea market for a while. But yes. yeah, like yeah, so. Um, and then there was another one on Nichols. But anyway, um, when yeah, when I talk about growing up in arcades, the majority of those arcades were roller rink arcades. Wow. Yeah. So, hey, my, our parents my, had... Yeah. Go ahead. That's right. That's right. My mom was skating back then. Roller derby grew out of... Remember the dance marathons? They shoot horses, don't they? That, move, that play and movie. There were mm-hmm. skating marathons. Mm-hmm. And that became sort of dance skate marathons. And that's what my mom and dad did, that sort of stuff. Wow. And so the whole idea of, oh, roller skating. I used to be able to know how to do that. Uh, Steve, the Bayshore Roller Rink. Mm-hmm. You remember that yep. one? It yep. closed fairly recently. But some friends, it was the 80s, I guess. Well, we're all going to go roller skating. I said, yeah, I used to be able to do that. I could rent a pair of skates and do that. And I was go- doing pretty good once I got my feet underneath me. Mm-hmm. And... Then someone passed me going, you know, way past 55, you know, it wasn't Sammy Hager. And I, I got I got I got knocked over a little sideways. And look, we're all friends here. I split my pants from back to front. Hey. <laughs> I, I went cascading on the floor and it was like, oops, oops. Now, you know, my mom always said you got to wear clean underwear. I certainly had on. You know, and a, a lovely pair of BVDs and all, but it was like, um, does someone have a sweatshirt I can borrow? All right. That I can like, I, yeah. I could sit here all night and tell you silly roller skating <laughs> and or rollerblading <laughs> stories, including all of the dumb crap I used to do while on them. Oh my God, how dangerous like the early 90s were where you held yes. on the side of a car while your sister drove down the road That's and reckless. you're just trailing behind at any minute. Any minute you could hit a rock and your leg goes under the car and that's it. <laughs> You're dead. Uh, anyway, 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 we got we to gotta move this along. Uh, I want to hear super quick from Joey yeah. because you won the lottery this weekend. What? No, not the literal, not like the money oh. lottery. I won a ticket lottery on the Broadway, right? Um, yes. Uh, my girlfriend and I had a great weekend. We, we were dog sitting for a friend of ours. Um, and since we were in the city, uh, we decided, hey, let's let's see a show, but let's play the lottery and, and see if we can get the tickets. A lot of houses have this deal, not deal, but like, you know, sometimes they have student rush where if you have a student ID, you go in the box office opens, you get first online, you get a ticket. Some places have a lottery online. A few houses now do something which is called an in-person lottery, which is when you go to the box office at a certain time. You write your name on a card. They literally put it in a in those old hoppers, right? Those big kind of gold oh, turn the wheel things, yeah. you know. And they call your name. And uh, if you get it, then you get severely, severely, in, like incredibly discounted tickets. 
usually for the front row because they don't usually sell the front row because they're so close. They're not exactly the best seats. Um, but so we went on Friday night and we entered the lottery for Mean Girls, the musical, um, and lost. Won't, won't, right? But when I went into the box office to be like, hey, dude, um, we just lost the lottery. Are there tickets available for tonight at any kind of like inexpensive tickets? He was like, no, but you should come back tomorrow for the matinee. It's really worth playing the lottery for the matinee. And we were like, wink, wink. That seems like a clue. <laughs> so uh, we showed up early. It was like 11 o'clock, 1130 on Saturday morning. Put our name in the hat. Uh, and you know, they did the raffle thing and there were, I think 20 seats available and they started naming off names. And the one thing I will say is how far people come to win this lottery. I think like there was like a, a woman from Hawaii who won the lottery, uh, oh, wow. someone from Iowa won the lottery. Like, and I was like, and when those people won the lottery, I was like, good for them i'm i'm yeah. glad they won and then the very last name they called they were like oh from our neighboring state of new jersey ah. i was like i was like this is us this is us and we won the lottery the last tickets available for the so for mean girls yeah it was awesome we 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 just we won after the iowa guy actually so we sat next to him for the show which was awesome we were like all the way on the end in the front row Bill. of the theater Bill. um but it was awesome we 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 won the lottery you know you it was 11:30 so we won the lottery and then we were able to just kind of get lunch catch the show at two o'clock. um and it was great like mean girls musical you know i know a lot of people like me girls a musical how can the band blah 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 it was actually a lot of fun it was so funny tina fey's book is so good the music is so fun the cast is so energetic we had a great time seeing that show um not to kind of not to kind of spiral off of my Tony Awards rant from last week, but like <laughs> Mean Girls also is just a really great show this year. A lot of people gave this season a lot of a lot of crap because they were like, oh, they're based on movies and whatever. But Mean Girls, SpongeBob, like they're actually really good shows. And if you get a chance this summer to like play the lottery or get cheap tickets, go see the, go see a, a musical because there's some really great stuff on on the broadway right now um but it was a great weekend we were we caught on credibles friday night after we lost the lottery which was great and uh we got to get to the beach too so just a really good relaxing weekend and the kind of highlight of it was winning the damn lottery (laughs) for mean girls the musical which was super fun congratulations that's awesome yeah uh quick question for you yes in a list of different types of theater snobs. Yes. Give me an example of one. Who can't you stand that goes to the theater? Actually, you want to know something? Because after we saw Mean Girls, a friend of ours posted on Facebook uh, a status that pissed us the F off. Okay. And he was like, you know, um, he said basically, you know, uh, I see on my Facebook all the time some of my non-theater friends going to Broadway and seeing these commercial shows that are like based on movies or like Escape from Margaritaville, which is like this Jimmy Buffett musical. And he was basically saying like, 
don't see those shows. See original musicals. See the shows that, like, you know, aren't based on anything else or completely new and whatever. And my girlfriend and I were like, dude, don't yuck on people's yum, okay? People come from abroad. Like, that that girl from Hawaii who so desperately wanted to see Mean Girls and won the lottery... Don't shit on her parade because she wants to see Mean Girls, you know? Like, that's the kind of theater snob that I don't like. The person that's going to say, like, oh, you don't really like theater because you like a certain kind of show. Like, no. Musicals are musicals. Theater is theater. Plays are plays. Like, people are coming to see shows. Let them see what they want to see, you know? Let them just enjoy the theater. And I don't care if it's a Jimmy Buffett musical or like the show that I'm working on, which is a completely original show from New Brunswick, way downtown. Like, yeah, you want to come see that? Great. You'll spend your evening with us. You'll have a great time. But if you want to go and see a Broadway show and you want to spend your money on Phantom of the Opera, which has been on for 30 years, I don't care. You're seeing the theater. Go enjoy yourself. I don't care. You you want to go see Supergirl play Carol King. Oh, absolutely. Carol beautiful. Go right ahead. Yeah, who cares? Whatever man. gets you there. At le- absolutely. And then maybe you'll fall in love with the theater, and you'll mm-hmm. and you'll look at at some of those other stuff. And if you go and see something like Carol King musical with Melissa Benoist, and you want recommendations, I will give you a ton because I have a great list. But I'm not going to stand here and be a gatekeeper of what is good and what is not. Because yeah. if, as long as you get your, it's the same thing like we talk about with comics all the time. You know, if you want to start with your like Deadpool book because you saw the movie, please be my guest, and then we'll tell you some other <laughs> books to see. You know, like saying, but like people that are like, oh no, you don't really like comics because you don't you like this certain book. Like, trust no, me. Dude. Well, remember, remember Eric Stevenson from Image who made a whole speech at their presentation one year. Those companies that do licensed books. They're not making real comics. Yeah. Really? No. Okay. So, so, so Dell Four Colors, when they were doing Disney comics all those years, the longest running comic series in history, were not making real comics. That got millions of people into comics. Same with classic comics illustrated. Well, not even the same with G.I. Joe Transformers. You can go, Joey. Well, not only that, but if you want to stay with IDW a little bit, My Little Pony just hit number 60, I think. Wow. Yes. Like like, My Little Pony is a licensed comic, and that's some of the greatest, funniest comic book storytelling Mm -hmm. happening right now. And it's launched the careers of a bunch of great creators. Like, don't don't yuck on people's yum, man. Like, that's some great stuff that people are doing. And I'm not gonna be a gatekeeper and say you can't can't enjoy that stuff but that ticked us off after we had just seen mean girls and we talked we she and i have also are big fans of the spongebob musical too and um we were just like dude what do you mean by like what is what makes good musical theater to you like original like les mis that's based on a book get the hell out of here you know like what's original anymore my fair lady's pygmalion absolutely start going yeah it's 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 just that's that to answer your question steve that's the kind of snob that gets to me (laughs) Yeah, go Joey. Don't I'm, suppo- I'm supposed to young. shut this stuff down after a while, but sometimes <laughs> I just get so entranced I, I can't stop listening. I brought it back to comics. Okay, you did. Yeah, you did, and I appreciate it. Um, so I'm gonna just super super fast. I went to the London Beer and uh, Barbecue Festival. Barbecue what? was mid. <laughs> barbecue was mid. There was like three trucks out there. They were all okay. Um, but. I did sample upward of like 14 different beers uh, and at least two like killer, killer, killer whiskeys. Uh, I had a really good time. 
and <laughs> one beers and two whiskeys. <laughs> yeah. It was no, but it was it was okay. They gave you it was four ounces. You got like a right. sample a stein, right? Right. So it wasn't like you. I wasn't downing um like entire pints, pints or anything like that. But you'd be surprised. Like they gave you tickets, and then you exchange the tickets for beer and for food and blah, 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 whatever. And but like after a while, you start to try a bunch of different stuff. Like if you're not feeling good that day, that's a bad mix. Mm-hmm. But um, I managed to have a really, really good time. And um, yeah, I highly, highly recommend that if you're in town, buy yourself some tickets to the London Beer and Barbecue Festival. And also on this podcast, we are celebrating a momentous occasion for me in my <laughs> in my unpacking of things. I have unpacking. found. You're I have found. Beginning? Uh, kind of after what was it 2013 i believe new york city comic-con i asked katie cook to draw me valeria richards yes and she did and the day i brought it home was the day that i lost it that was in 2013 (laughs) you found it fast forward to like two days ago and I'm organizing our books, finally getting the house in order. And I'm putting, of all things, a volume of Gotham City Sirens on the shelf. I must have bought it at the show. Like, it was like a good price on, on the trade, the hardcover. Yeah. And so I bought it. And out comes in a little plastic baggie in mint condition. Wow. Like Valeria. Katie Cook Valeria original drawing. I remember you getting that. I know that you do, and I'm I'm so pumped. Now I just have to find the other like nine nice. that are still in a box somewhere. But this was the one that was like missing, missing. So the other ones are inevitable. I will find them. Katie I've Cook, gotten... speaking of Katie My Little Cook. Pony, am I right? Yeah. yeah. Bringing it all around. <laughs> all right. Always sitting next to Andy Price and Agnes Garboska. And always yep. a great little corner of the room. All very lovely people as well. Yeah. Yeah. You've got my. I think you got the best Katie Cook anything ever done by anyone. Wow, for the Bronwyn. Black, the, yes, the yeah. Black Widow with her Diet Pepsi or Diet. Yeah, yeah, the it's it's Black Widow walking away from a uh, Pepsi factory that's blowing up, and she's walking away uh, sipping a Diet Coke and like total action. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. And uh, like I I went up to Katie and I was like, okay. Like, you're just going to have to go on a little bit of a journey with me right now because I have to describe this to you and let me know if you're into it. If you're not into it, we don't have to do it. But here's the pitch. And I, I told her what it was. And she's like, I love that. Let's do it. And I was like, yes. So I had, I had, uh, I asked her two years ago. I, I said, I'd, I'd like you to do. And she, you know, she always brightens up when you ask her because it's something different a little bit. I want the Avengers. And she, okay, who would you want it? Uh, Emma Peel and John Steed. And she went, oh, yeah. <laughs> and she starts looking up pictures and she does the whole bowler hat. And it's like, no one's ever asked me for that one. Nice. Yes. Yeah, that was back when you could, like, you could get a thing or two from her early and you were set for the show. Now you have to wait hours right. yeah. to, to get up to her thing. But anyway, um, you had, so- don't you have a Katie Cook tattoo? Yes, I do. I do. She drew uh, my cat, Moo Moo, uh, yeah. for people that have been listening to the show for a long time that uh, that passed away uh, about two years ago now or something like that. Awesome. Um, 
yeah, so I have that on my person, and I I forget about it a lot because I it's on a part of my arm that I never see, and then every now and again I'll catch it, and it'll be like a nice little warm memory for me. Um, Do you guys so want a secret what? about New York Comic Con? Sure. It's, uh, it's, uh, I'm gonna be there this year. What? Yeah. Thanks a lot for for finally getting your shit together to go to this show. <laughs> it's in all the years been... that I can't go. <laughs> It's only been five years of writing for the site and two and a half years of hosting the show that I'm finally able to go to New York Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope we, that you have a fantastic time. We yeah. will certainly be uh, throwing out there where we will do our Talking Comics meetup. We'll be doing something. I haven't figured out where yet. <laughs> we can have that beer garden at the top of the Beer Authority on 40th. We might... Joey, if you're there the whole weekend, we'll do the Algonquin. Uh, dude, I'm going to be there at least Friday afternoon through the end. Uh, okay, well, right now. good, you're good deal. Me. Thursday might be all a little right. wonky based on my teaching schedule, but, right. but Friday, we, will figure, we will figure, we'll figure all out. of this out off the air. <laughs> Steve's like, I'm not going. I want to move on. <laughs> There's a weather <laughs> coming in and lightning rounds <laughs> are on the way. Bob, would you care to do a lightning round? Sure. <laughs> I'm going to put five minutes on the clock for you. I can't lose it like I did that last time. That was amazing. Okay. You have five minutes on the clock. We're finally getting some real comic book talk into this week's podcast. Go. Jumping off from the fabulous free comic book day offering, we have... Marvel Rising Alpha, number one, by Devin Grayson, Georges Duarte, Rochelle Rosenberg, and Clayton Cowles. And that's out this week. And it's delightful fun for, I'd say, everyone of nearly every age. Some very little folks might need to be walked through some things. But the positive energy generated by teaming Ms. Marvel and Squirrel Girl, it just leaps off the page. In the freebie, Doreen and Kamala meet as civilians, in quotes, and they're at a, a stark expo computery thing that's invaded by advanced idea mechanics goons working toward looking for some superpowered new recruit who it turns out is one of Doreen's students, gaming addict Ember Quaid. In this part one story, we see that she's developed inhuman powers related to her gaming. And that causes no end of trouble when she brings game characters into the real world. Oh. Very, very cool. Yeah. Also out was Unbeatable Squirrel Girl 33 by Ryan North. Second issue to feature new artist Derek Charm. And in this one, the Justice Pals are working their way through the escape room. But, you know, Craven the Hunter, trying to be good, has sort of run afoul of the authorities. Good fun, although I'm still getting used to the new art style, but Derek Trump is look really good. He and Brian did win an Eisner after all. It's hard. I'm I'm an Erica Henderson fan, but she's still doing the covers. Now, this next one I'm a week late on because Diamond Comics shipped my local comic book store four copies of a boundless comic semi-adult title called Looker instead of my copy of Red Sonia Tarzan number two by Gail Simone and Walter Giovanni. Um but, but considering the wonderful new and surprising threads woven into this time twister of a tapestry, more than worth the wait. 
I'm reading monthly, but for those of you who are fans of either of these iconic characters, Miss Simone's work on things like this really, uh, she gets it. She gets all these characters. So if you loved either of those, you love Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen and trying to say that you should pick this up when the trade arrives. A uh, different sort of meetup is part three of The Prelude to the Wedding, which features Batgirl versus the Riddler by Tim Seeley, Miku Young, uh, Jose Marzan, and Jordi Belair. The Riddler has devised a series of wedding-themed, riddle-driven death traps to test Barbara's suitability as the next Mrs. Nigma. Now, will Babs swipe right or left? <laughs> Buy it and find out. As mentioned last time around, Marvel has reprinted the entire five-issue run of Dakota North by Martha Thomas's Tony Salmons and Christy Shio from 1986. The three went quickly. Ms. Dakota North is both a designer slash model and a very talented private detective. So this reads as if you crossed 60s icons Honey West or Emma Peel with Audrey Hepburn's Joe Stockton character from Funny Face. So it's fun and fashionable and still a great read after three decades. And as a bonus, also included are Dakota North appearances in Web of Spider-Man 37, Power Pack 46, Marvel Superheroes number three, featuring really early work by Amanda Connor and Daredevil 107 through 110 by Brubaker and Rucker. Now, interesting sidebar, I, we, I discovered this week, Dakota North, the series, isn't listed in the Overstreet Price Guide. What? Yes, it's part of a, a rather large number of titles that have been dropped from the Bible of collecting over the last couple of years due to space concerns. The book is like 1,400 pages long. You couldn't find a home. We're, we're sorry, but, uh, you know, Dakota rent North, is due. Right. There are tons of titles that are real books that aren't listed where there are things that are barely fanzines included. So needless to say, I'm appealing through my local comic book store who's been an Overstreet uh, advisor for years, as was his brother. Do we have any monsters. Time? Yes. Do I have any time left at all, Steve? You have 10 seconds, but I'm willing to actually turn this off. Okay. Marvel 2-in-1 yeah. Annual number 1, Chip Zdarsky, Declan Shelby, Jordi Belair, um, Doom and Ben traversing the, the multiverse in uneasy partnership with different goals, it seems. Ben, even if he believes Sue Reed and the kids are dead, still holding out hope that Doom might be trying to crush, but Victor's angle might still be heroic. This is so layered, so wonderful into old and new Marvel history. The Council of Reeds turns up. Marvel 2-in-1 has been one of the absolute, it's not even a surprise, it's Zdarsky, just one of the great books, which you might hear about a little later. I'm just saying. Ooh. Ooh. Foreshadowing, live radio. Foreshadowing, yeah. Bold. 
Bold. Right. <laughs> Joey, I see here yes. that you read Marvel Rising Alpha as well. Yes, I loved it. Um, we've oh, talked about cool. Marvel Rising on the show a couple of times um, in terms of you know what, what it might mean for kind of Marvel's kind of YA line and, and how they bring in new readers and stuff. And I love this. I love the interaction between Miss Marvel and uh, Doreen, Squirrel Girl here. I love that they're like trying to guess each other's identity but don't really yes. know. I think that's so funny. I also really liked about this book, and I'll talk a little bit about um, the same situation with the book that I read this week, too. Um, I love getting kind of the supervillain origin story and the supervillain perspective, mm-hmm. too. I thought that was really cool. Um, and obviously, we'll see how this goes with the rest of Rising, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, the other thing I really liked about Marvel Rising Alpha, and I didn't write down the name, and I feel bad about it. I don't know, Bob, if you jotted it down, but the letterer? Whoever did the letters? Um, Clayton Cowles. Clayton Cowles. Yep. Great job of kind of with each narration capturing yes. the lettering of the book. When Miss Marvel started talking and Cowles adopted the kind of like uh, uh, lettering that shows up in, in Miss Marvel's uh, main main book, I was like, okay, Cowles. Okay. Represent. Yep. All right. <laughs> that was really cool. And that was just a great little kind of little tiny um, element that kind of just grounded you right in these different worlds kind of colliding together in, in Marvel rising. I was really into it. I thought it was going to be a one shot and I'm excited that it's going to be multiple issues. Yeah. And next issue it's Ryan North and G Willow Wilson also on the writing. Ooh. Yeah. Cool. That's exciting. Yes, it is. Um, I read it as well. I also loved it. And I will end with saying that I appreciate any comic that can get even like up to like 90% so much of the game speak <laughs> and um, all that like modding and doing the thing. It was it felt good. It read really well. Sometimes that stuff is a little cringy yeah. and uh, it won't bad and love the art, love the energy and super excited that it's going to be around for a little bit yeah. and that uh, we get to enjoy it. It is a breath of fresh air. Yes. <laughs> that is that is what I will call it. Um, I think that is the only thing. I am not caught up on Marvel 2 and 1. I Ooh, you're gonna couldn't love wrap this my, issue. I couldn't wrap my brain around the first couple of pages of the last issue without going back to read the others. Gotcha. Like I tried because I knew you were going to talk about it. And I, I went for like the first two pages. I was like, nope, that's it. Another time. Yeah, there are a lot um, of spoilery things I can't say. I just about I came, this annual. I came into that anyway. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Joey, did uh, you? I know you were a Dakota North fan. Did you pick up the trade? I did not. Um, but hearing you talk about it, I'm like, oh, they gave Dakota North a trade. I love yes. Dakota North. Mm. It's like all her appearances in one place, recolored <laughs> with with a new intro by Martha Thomas's. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Still fun. Still a lot of fun. Okay. So I think we're going to sandwich our lightning rounds because I'm going to put out a warning for mine. Oh. Um, If you are playing this podcast in a store, in a public place, I would maybe fast forward for the next five minutes because I have a book. That uh, I'm going to talk about that there might be some languages and things and some stuff that uh, you don't necessarily want a lot of people to hear. That's the reality. That's where I went this week. I already said the F uh. word. Oh, 
about to get weird, my friend. <laughs> We're about to get weird. All right. So I am going to put five minutes on the clock for myself. No. Okay, so I read three volumes of the same thing, but they all have different names. It's the Meg and Mog series from Simon Hanselman. So I read Mega Hex, Meg and Mog in Amsterdam and other stories, and One More Year. Meg the Witch, Mog the Cat, their friend Owl, and Werewolf Jones struggle unsuccessfully with their depression, drug use, sexuality, poverty, lack of ambition, and their complex feelings about each other. Fast forwarding to, that's an overall, but in the specifically Meg and Mog go to Amsterdam, uh, Meg and Mog decide to take a trip to Amsterdam for some quality couple time, although the trip gets off to a rocky start when they forget their antidepressants. They need Owl to come and help them save their relationship. But why does he have a suitcase full of glass dildos? And what will they do when they realize that house-sitting uh, house werewolf Jones has turned their apartment into a fuck zone? Let me tell you what happened with this book. It's been, the world has been real rough lately, and sometimes your man needs to just, I need to chill out. I need to read something, but I don't need to really think about it. So I had seen this series numerous times when Bob and I would go into the city and we would visit the Strand. And I picked it up. Several times I was like, man, this looks really weird. I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know if I'm in the mood for this. I was finally in the mood for it. And I'm laying in bed and I'm reading this series and I just start cracking up to myself and Bronwyn's next to me and she's like, what's so funny? I said, okay, I'm going to tell you what's going on in this book right now, but you can't judge me. All right. <laughs> it's been a rough couple of weeks and I'm just really enjoying this right now. So you're just going to have to just roll with me. So Meg and Mog are not nice to Owl. Owl is kind of a prickly sort um, they love him deep down, but they show it very rarely. And if I'm being quite honest, like they're assholes to Owl. So Owl's <laughs> on his home, his way home from work and he's eaten some weird food. And all of a sudden he has to really use the bathroom. So he rushes to the house, but he's forgotten his house key. So he's banging on the door and he's banging on the windows. And Meg and Mog are inside and they see him and they lock him out of the house and they won't let him in. So Owl's getting real desperate and... You know, if you got to go, you got to go. So he runs behind a tree and he squats down. He starts to do his business. And as it's happening, the neighbor's dog kind of like edges a plank of the fence aside and makes its way into the yard. And since Al is like precariously placed, the dog runs up to him and knocks him over and it knocks him out cold when his head hits the stump of the tree. Ouch. And he falls down face first. So his ass is up in the air and dogs have a tendency to oh. eat crap. So the dog comes over and basically starts eating out of his ass. And I'm, I'm telling Bronwyn this, and she's just like, oh, my God. And I'm like, yo, this is, this is happening right now, okay? Like, I need this. Anyway, I bought okay. I bought. I bought and read all three all three volumes. I read all of them. And they're like 200-something pages apiece. I laughed my ass off at these re this crude disgusting hilarious book series whatever it's amazing if if you're willing to have read stuff like that and a whole hell of a lot more and nastier then definitely go for megan mog books because they're they're insane um how much time do i have i have a minute and 15 seconds 
about Betty's boob. Joey brought this to the podcast uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Written by Vero Kazat with art by uh, Julie Rochelieu. How do you? Rochelieu. Rochelieu? Okay. Rochelieu. Really quick, Elizabeth has lost her left breast, her job, and her guy. Uh, she does not know it yet, but this is the best day of her life. Okay. I am totally going to back Joey up on what he said last week about this book just being absolutely positively amazing. The art in this book is astonishing. There were times when it felt like there was a new artist on every panel. It was wild. There are smaller stories within the single panel itself, like such pivotal pivotal moments in this, this person's life that you're reading about that just kill I, I loved it um moments that that like are just as monumental as the tale in its entirety all captured into one image it's it's amazing um the emotion of this book is astounding uh it's a powerful book that tells an inspiring story with heart and humor and a sense of adventure i don't want to spoil too much about it uh i'll just say that i adored watching betty find her people and uh more importantly find herself uh, it's a jubilant read that I can see myself going back to over and over again throughout the years. Uh, and super quick, just a couple of highlights for me. Joey, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, Elizabeth waking up and like frantically searching for a missing part of herself. The whole the whole thread with the gift box was just amazing. Uh, the boyfriend's like crippling at the real as reality dawns on him of what's going on. Um, and it's not like he's only repulsed by her, but he's also realizing what a shallow asshole he's become. Uh, the repeated imagery with the apple, the yoga poses as Elizabeth and her boyfriend like suppress their emotions. The reasons that Elizabeth as Betty finds her smile again. The peanut dick strong man swoon. Uh, brilliant. All of it. All of it. Brilliant. Absolutely. It's an Archaea book. Uh, it is $30 hardcover. It is worth every damn penny. Uh, absolutely outstanding. You will, We will definitely talk about this book again at the end of the show. Uh, you could not have hit it more on on the bullseye last week with your review of a Joey. I fucking loved it. Yeah, it was awesome. And yeah, like you said, we will definitely be talking about it later in the year. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a powerful 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 book i um i actually have um my cousin's wife um had to have a double mastectomy yeah a couple years ago and i'm really tempted to buy her a copy and send it to her along with like you know like a heartfelt letter and say just like you know i don't know how you'll receive this but i read this and i thought of you and i just i thought it was incredible and maybe you would want to read it sometime well, you know yeah. what's also awesome about that book, too, is that it is technically, despite it being a silent book, it is technically a work in translation. Um, mm-hmm. It was originally written in, I, I guess, French, I'm guessing, based on, mm-hmm. on, on the origins of it. But, you know, so technically, even though there's maybe five lines of dialogue and narration in the whole book, it is it is translated. So I think that, you know, to what you're talking about, about what the book is about it's universal in a way that transcends that language and, mm-hmm. and the graphic novel really capitalizes on 
how it tells its story to really be as true to as many people's experiences as it, as possible. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that like, that's just one of its many strengths that, that I think put it at the top of my list in terms of what books I've read this year so far. Um, yeah. Like there are, there are times when I was reading it where just that one panel, like I want a whole other book mm -hmm. about that moment and, and, and what are like the ramifications of that moment, like an alternate timeline kind of thing where we get to uh, whatever. Right. I just, I was, I was blown away. I read it just last night before I went to sleep and it stayed with me all the way through. It's just, and it's so, I love the smiles yeah. too, it's, you know, it's not, it's not particularly dark or no, it's somber. Funny. It's... It is funny. It, it has life to it. It breathes life into you when you read it in the same mm. way that Betty has life, breathed into her by the people that she meets like the book just it just lifts you up um and i think that that's something that the creators really wanted to do i i really love the book um and uh, it's an archaea book right yeah yeah like they are gold standard for for graphic novels or bringing over graphic novels and translating them into into our market um it's just it's just one of the best things this year right on all right, let's, uh, Joey, why yes. don't we stay with you mm -hmm. and uh, have you come in with a lightning round? All right. <laughs> All right, my friend, you have five minutes on the old ticker and go. Okay, Tomb Raider Inferno, number one from Dark Horse. Uh, writing team here, Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly with Philip Sivy and Michael Atia on art here. Um, I actually read this book because I got the Tomb Raider movie on demand and I watched yeah. it this past weekend. It was awesome. I really it liked good. it. Alicia Vikander. Wow. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was very based on kind of the new iteration of the, the video games, which I was also a big fan of. She's great. You know how everyone talks about how like watching you watch like Tom Cruise movies just to watch him run because when he runs, it's he's so perfect in his form <laughs> and running. Alicia Vikander runs so much in the Tomb Raider movie and she's perfect. Like her she's form, like a gazelle. She's like it's like she has her core tight. And, like, she pumps her arms. It's perfect. Perfect running form. Kudos to you, Alicia Vikander. I hope that people get over it and give you your second movie because I will watch it. It was awesome. Loved it. So I read Tomb Raider Inferno kind of spitting out of that. This was a lot of fun, cool. A lot of fun, too. Kind of you got that bold and brave Lara Croft doing some really cool stuff, jumping off of things. But what makes Inferno <laughs> number one really interesting is that it's not from her perspective. It's told from the perspective of the villain, right? This Ooh. woman who's working for Trinity, kind of that shadow organization that's always been haunting Lara. In same way with Marvel Uprising, Marvel oh, I keep saying Marvel Uprising. That's okay. Marvel Rising, uh, which kind of gives you that that villain perspective. Um, here you get that same perspective, and basically the narration that she's giving you is kind of the trap that she's laying for Lara over the course of the book. Ooh. So Lara's making these choices and jumping off of things and swinging off of cranes and and making these bold moves, and the narration bubbles are you know 
how this is part of the plan. And that was a really cool kind of twist on the perspective and yeah. made the book really engaging to follow through uh, for this first issue. And then obviously the, the end of it is here's this person. It was a really cool book, really great. Um, Dark Horse has, has the Tomb Raider um, license and, and they've put up a few miniseries over the course of the last year or so. And this one was a really cool start. And I'll definitely be checking out, I think, number two just to see where it goes. Uh, I'm kind of on a... Lara Croft kick, as it were. Um, I also read Proxima Centauri from Image, number one here from Farrell Darl Dalrymple. I don't really know how to say his name. Farrell Dalrymple, who was one of the co-founders of Meathaus, this kind of indie publisher as well. Done a lot of work, Marvel, DC, some artwork here and there for some one-shots. Uh, but this was from Image, and it was kind of like this very hard... Uh, wonky, alternative DIY sci-fi feel. Uh, it was very cool. We got this main character, Sherwood, who is a kind of teenager who's stuck 4.77... I made that number up. 4.77 <laughs> billion light years away from Earth. And he just wants to get home, but he also knows that he's stuck out there, out in space. And he's going through puberty and he's trying to figure out Ooh. who he is and what's going on. And he's on this this kind of interdimensional spaceship that puts him in these different places. And he's just trying to find himself while also trying to find where he belongs in the universe. Um, and trying to find his brother Orson who's gone missing. And he has a crush on this character named Parasol who's this kind of... Um, uh, ephemeral being who floats in and out of dimensions and there's this scientist dude named wow. duke who is his mentor and it's just this kind of weird odds like 25 percent highlights 25 percent daniel klaus 25 percent hard sci-fi 25 percent underground comics with an x feel it was really Sold. cool yeah Sold. it was it was really weird really cool and the end of the book is this just odd cliffhanger where like he kind of has to like pull himself up by his bootstraps. It was really cool. The artwork was really kind of underground, which felt really cool to see. Um, it was not what I was expecting at all, especially opposite image put out a bunch of number ones this past, past week with weatherman and stellar and a lot of these like hard sci-fi books and Proxima Centauri felt like something really, really backwall indie. And I, I'm glad I read this one out of the whole bunch. Um, and the last book I'll talk about is one that I know that Bob and Steve, you both read too, which was uh -huh. By Night, number one, by John Allison, um, which I'm sure we all picked up because it's John Allison and Giant yes. Days is like in our Hall of Fame. So it's like, come on, you know, uh, but John Allison wrote this with artwork by Christine Larson and Sarah Stern. Um, our main character, Jane Langstaff, is back home in Spectrum, South Dakota after college and doing grunt work at the lab. Feeling that quarter-life crisis hard and trying to figure out where exactly she's going to go in her life. Uh, when Heather, her old school friend from back in the day, pops up literally on the steps of her job and wants to kick it old school with her. Suspicious? Absolutely. And a yeah. sudden and sketchy escapade to the Charles Wood estate sets off an unfortunate series of events that ultimately leads to a wild sci-fi cliffhanger yeah, that makes me want issue number two right now. Um, this had a lot of the kind of same humor and tongue-in-cheek feel that Giant Days has, that John Allison does so well. 
um, and that same life and vibrancy that that um, Max Aaron brings to that book, Christine Larson and Sarah Stern did with this one. But it definitely has a completely different setting and place and time to it that I think makes this feel very different from Giant Days. And I definitely want to follow along with By Night um, as as Boom puts out the next issue. And yeah, you know, same thing with Giant Days. You know, this is pitched as a limited series. Yeah. We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, I, I'm sure we'll get a, an ongoing announce quite soon because this one was really, really special. Um, and that's all I got for this week. All righty then. I'm, Very well done. Yeah, I am already in love with By Night. Mm-hmm. The... Yeah, just you're saying, Joey, it's it's that life. They're real people. We we know these people. We've seen them. Heather is is sketchy. Her dad. An, another interesting piece of work. And there's a. Uh, I can't spoil. I don't want to spoil anything, but but I'll I'll just say there's a there's some twist to this as as, as these people interact. We've all seen not everyone is 100% who they say they are, pretend to be. And that dichotomy, because I think we'll see some some people turning around as we go. And that layeredness, if there is such a word, that John Allison's characters always have. And in the artwork here uh, by Ms. Larson as well, it is so winning. The mystery works, the fun works, the character works, the crazy sci-fi leap it takes while they're in the midst of hipster trespassing. <laughs> this is great stuff. And here, I'm stuck again. Do I buy this monthly or do I wait for the trades? Help me out here, fans. Monthly. You I do not you wait do for the trades. Monthly, yeah. okay. This is the monthly one. I, I, I'm waiting I'm waiting trades for giant days. And I kind of regret that, but we're already up to issue, what, like 32 or something like that? So yes, like but now by I'm night... buying trades and I'm buying the monthly. All so right, now... well, that's excessive. <laughs> yes, it is. But by night, we're in on the ground floor here, Bob. Okay. Ground floor. Gotcha. <laughs> Um, I loved it as well. I really enjoy having John Allison writing new characters in a new setting with a completely different set of circumstances for the characters. The banter is fantastic. The chemistry is really good. The art is just wonderful. I really, it was a home run for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would elaborate more. But I can't think of any more adjectives, and I want to move things <laughs> along. Um, by, I really... by, by night. Yeah, also by the weatherman number one. Um, I had it as a part of my lightning round, but obviously I didn't get to it. It's really cool. I, I highly, highly recommend it. From the same people that made Shirtless Bear Fighter. <gasps> yes! So, so, that's how you know. That's how you know. <laughs> that's how you know. That's how you know. All right, let's... about the bears? There's no question. Bears are big this year. Bears? We had uh, my boyfriend's hear... a bear. Shh. Oh, you gave it away. Oh, my boyfriend's oh. a bear. That was special. Oh. Yes, let's not forget both. where it all started with grizzly bear shark. Bear? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> grizzly shark rules. All right, um, let's go with some open discussions. Bob, let's yeah, let's start with Thor. 
Let's start with Thor. I just got to find my notes. We have Thor number one. It is the relaunch. That's Jason Aaron, Mike Del Mundo. Also a second story, Jason Aaron and Christian Ward. Now the War of the Realms is coming to Earth. Odin's son, Thor, I'll just say hereafter, has, has certainly made some enemies by trying to wrest the ancient warlock's eye from the crimson temple of Sidorak and, and its protector, the unstoppable juggernaut. Hmm. Particularly so when Thor doesn't yet have a hammer. Now, however, this is just the opening gambit here as... What this issue does superbly is to establish a new status quo by bringing us up to speed with the goings-on in old Asgard, what Senator Solomon is doing, trying to work around relocating refugees from Asgardia. We visit with Freya and Loki and, of course, Jane Foster, who remains engaged in Asgardian Earth relations as Thor's handler, I, I, I suppose, so to speak. Not only that, we also get a second tale with Allfather Thor and his three granddaughters set in the far-flung future, which has some wonderfully touching and WTF moments. Ooh. But sadly, this int that intriguing beginning won't continue until issue five. But I'm in for issue two. What does everybody else think? <laughs> um, I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, everything Bob said, but I will also say this. I've been playing, I just finished playing God of War. And if I ever, if, if I, I have a new, like, liking for Screwbeard and his dilemma of making hammers. hammers okay. <laughs> so after playing God of War for like 36 hours or whatever it takes to get through that game, there are two different blacksmiths that you you know, have a relationship with throughout and they're like moaning and complaining and their jokes and their, their rudeness and all of their things. I really appreciated, um, Screwbeard's plight. With, so with it, having... the, the quote is here. You break all hammers. <laughs> yeah. Technically it was juggernaut's face that broke them, but I, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was awesome. I loved seeing, first of all, I'm a huge Mike Mundo fan. I loved oh, seeing him in that amazing. world. Yeah. The art's fantastic. Juggernaut looked amazing. The fight was really cool. I like the idea of kind of kicking this thing off with all of the weapons being scattered about the realms and Thor has to find a way to get to them mm -hmm. and he might have to deal with some people that he doesn't want to and the whole thing. Um, it's just... The like the Thor storyline for the past several years since God of Thunder began has has just been so ridiculously epic. Like it's all the same thread, and it's still so interesting. Mm -hmm, right. And it, and it it always like how where the hell are they gonna take it from here? And it's just the next logical step, but written so incredibly well, uh, with killer killer artists because. Marvel knows what they have with this series, mm -hmm. you know, so they're putting top talent on it and it's, it's just been, it's just been amazing. So I haven't finished the last few pages of the Christian Ward thing, <gasps> Dude. but I Dude, know. Yeah. <laughs> those, those last, that last page, I was like, yo, All right, well, 
the reason I stopped was because we were going to record, All right. and I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna half-ass this for myself. I'll read it again later. Yeah. Um. I. I. This, like you said, Steve. This issue brought me way back to like those first Jason Aaron Thor God of Thunder issues. Like just the feel of it, the storyline of it. Uh, it felt like this weird amalgamation of like those original Jason Aaron, that original Jason Aaron run and kind of the, the Thor Ragnarok Thor. Like there was, it was funny. There was humor in this yeah. too. Like um, Thor kind of like, he smashes the first hammer and he breaks it. And I was like, this would have happened in Taika Waititi's movie. You know, like it just felt really funny. Um, and it was great seeing the granddaughters of Thor again. Like the fact that Jason Aaron, I don't know what's in his beard, but like the fact that he's been able to, to, to just draw this out over the last, it's been at least three or four years that he's been yeah. doing this, you know, it's been awesome. Um, I will say, I love Mike Del Mundo's artwork. I think there's a great, um, it's so unique and so interesting. I do wonder what it would look like with a different colorist. Um, I, every time I read a Mike Del Mundo book, everything's green. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know why. Um, I know that like, that's his color and it makes everything look really cool, but I do wonder what, what the book would look like with a, with a more, um, a, a more diverse color palette. Uh, I love the art. I love the energy of it, but I just wish the colors were a little less. You want red. Muted. I want red. I want pink. No, I want something ro- more ro- ro- royal. Yeah, I want royal. something more yeah. like give me Tomra. Regal. Give me Tomra Bonvillon on this book, or, or yeah. something like just to have, especially coming off of something like Russell Do- Russell Downerman, right? Which is that kind of like like old school dynamic, like stark coloring and energy to it. You know, like did who did Downerman's colors? Let me look that up right now. Um, what's that? What's that? No, Matthew Wilson. Matthew yeah. Wilson. Okay, yeah. I'm not surprised by that. Like Matt Wilson, uh, like does great great work with the, like those really powerful powerful colors like it just pops off the page and Mike Del Mundo already has this very kind of like ethereal style to it so the kind of watercolor look it just adds that kind of weightlessness and I do wonder what it would look like with something with a little bit more pop um, well, not to say I didn't love Christian, it but like no, yeah, especially right, with the Christian Ward stuff Christian you know? Ward which follows which he colors his own right so uh, I, I love Thor 1. It was a great oversized issue. Two great stories. Um, the one thing that I was like, mm, I wonder what the colors would be like. I also love Jane. I love Jane's kind of role, kind of being there too. There's a lot of humor in those scenes too. So That, that one it. panel where she's looking at his new hammer, that's a nice golden hammer <laughs> you have there and this look on her face. Yeah. As, as they're negotiating, well, you're not supposed to be touching that. Are you cancer-free and no one told me, <laughs> says, says Odin's son? Oh, lovely, mm. lo- lovely stuff. Mm. Great beginning. Great beginning. Spoilers. All right. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler. That's for me. Damn it. That's halfway through That's the, in the first, first story, story Steve. Steve. Never. Never. I refuse. I refuse yeah. to believe that. Mangog. Imperious Rex. Mangog. Not true. Okay. <laughs> Imperious Rex thing. <laughs> what does that mean um, exactly? <laughs> that killed me. That was a great moment. All right. Let's move on. Plastic Man. Number one. <laughs> Night and We're day. talking about a Plastic Man book. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. It's issue one of a six-issue miniseries. It is 
Gail Simone, Adriana Mello, Kelly Fitzpatrick, Cole City, a city where commerce takes place in the alleys and gutters, but not without a certain style. And that's something this first issue has tons of, which is style. We get a modern retelling of how low-level crook Eel O'Brien becomes Plastic Man, and really it's, it's the classic origin, but told against a noirish background of even lower life, double-crossing thugs and dark, rain-kissed boulevards. All in all, fun mystery enwraps a new origin, and though I, I found it a little grown-up compared to what uh, what I had in my head, before, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Right, which which is, of course, based on the 75-year-old original quality comics version by the legendary Jack Cole back from Police Comics in 1941. I've read the reissues. Still, there's a a vibrancy to what this is that, that really... It's a modern version of what that was then, and I'm I'm completely in. What is everyone else thinking so far? I'll let you go first, Joey. Yeah, no, I loved it. Same thing. I did not know what to expect reading this. Um, I saw Gail Simone's name on it. I saw that you guys had read the issue, too, and I was like, I'll read it before the show. And uh, we opened with that kind of like very sticky, like, you know, 1920s gangster, like, oh, why we got to do this in the back alley, boss? Yeah. And, you know, yeah, he's like, got to work for a minute. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the hell are we reading? And it was it was just a lot of fun. And you could tell that that uh, Gail Simone and the team were just kind of really kind of playing up satirically having fun with that Eel O'Brien origin story. Um, in a way that both kind of stay true to to those roots, but also kind of put it in it in this modern kind of telling too. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with this one too. For for like the first half of the issue, I I had mashed up Plastic Man with um uh, uh who who's the guy in Identity Crisis? Ralph Didney is that him? Like the elongated, the elongated, yeah, yes, yeah, which is a very different character. Yes, it is, and goes to some very different dark places in yeah. in that series. Um, from from Meltzer there, um, so I was like, wait a minute, is this the same guy? And but it wasn't. But um, I had a lot of fun with this. I thought the art was a lot of fun. It was a, a kind of just a cool, weird, bizarre departure from everything else that I was reading, and. It just felt like the team was firing on all cylinders, um, mm-hmm. especially after reading like uh, Domino too, you know, yeah. and getting that kind of tongue-in-cheek approach to the trappings and, in, in some cases, pratfalls of old comic book storytelling, mm-hmm. kind of that more traditional mode of storytelling uh, that some that she's just she's just playing with and having fun with and modernizing in such a cool way in this issue. Um, I loved all the gangster stuff. I loved all the twists and turns. And I think that the quote unquote twist ending is so shocking. I was like, yes. what the hell is going to happen in this book? I'm into it. I'll probably stick around, especially knowing that it's a miniseries. Um, I'll definitely definitely check out Plastic Man number two. <laughs> I definitely had a different idea of who Plastic Man was or is when uh, I walked into this book. I remember him from the Cartoon Express, right? right? Like the Hanna-Barbera stuff. 
Yes. Yes. Okay. So I'm I'm thinking in my head I'm like oh Gail Simone's writing like a Saturday morning cartoon romp like this ought to be interesting a little experiment and I open up book and it's all like you know man Tony yeah, and yeah. breaking legs and you know don't be smooching on my sister and all this stuff and I'm like all right so I'm really missing Crosswind uh, at this stage of my life and it was nice to have Gail's voice back into some of these like gangster characters. Um, Plastic man eel is just absolutely ridiculous. I love how off the wall he is. He reminds me a little bit of the mask, but way better than the mask. Uh, I super enjoyed it. You guys already said a bunch of stuff and um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely down for the mini series. I'm really, really digging what uh gail simone is doing this year uh she's just i don't know she's 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 under fire right now more than usual which is pretty yeah after all right and yet still well like like between like clean room and um crosswind and then domino and now uh plastic man like Everything well, that I've read from her for the past little while has just been killer. Well, so she's, she's doing what she wants to do, man. Like yeah. she's not beholden to a single company anymore. She's working across a bunch of companies, and she's working on the stuff that she wants to do. She's she's earned that. She's freaking awesome, you know. She, no, I, Gail I Simone, it. after all, right? So she, if she wants to Red Sonja Tarzan, Wonder Woman, Conan, or Plastic Man, come back to Marvel and do Domino. Awesome. Yeah, those, totally. awesome those, uh, those Conan books. I haven't read them yet. Oh, I know. I have them. I'm an idiot. I gotta. I gotta sit down. She's and make the time. working literally at like seventy five percent of the companies. That yeah, that yeah. Like it's crazy to think about. You know, like all she's got to do is put out a boom book, and she'll have all her exes uh, crossed. Ooh, ooh. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, sticking with Gail Simone, we might as well uh, hop on over to Domino yes. number three, Mister Bob. Ms. Gail Simone, David Baldion, Jesus Arbutov on colors. At last issue's close, Domino and her pals had their boat blown out from under them. And it seems that our gal Nina Thurman is the only survivor. But that may only be temporary as the evil Topaz is out to finish the job. And she might be getting some inside help. Are either Rachel or Inez or both of them have they sold Domino out, and why? We get flashbacks to young Nina and her formative years, an origin story that is really beautifully, sensitively, sadly told. Time spent in a lab with some really despicable scientists, and are there any others in comics at this point, except maybe, I don't know, Reed? Uh, we encounter a really fabulous Marvel guest star as we go. We get little dribs and drabs about Old Marvel history. What about those spider clones or dirty She-Hulk pictures referencing John Burns FF275? Look, three issues in. This is a character I didn't care much about, and yet I continue to be more and more engaged by this book. Each page has me more involved in this character, and the book and the character are both snarky and engaging in equal measure. Bravo. Absolute bravo on this book too <laughs> uh yeah a hundred percent that book is 
just keeping me ridiculously entertained. I love the direction. I love not knowing who I can trust. Yeah. That, that Gail setting that up really, really well. I'm in absolutely in love with the art uh, and the energy of that book. And yeah, it's, it's just fantastic. Nancy drew number one new from dynamite. And this is none other than Kelly Thompson Woo-hoo! writing Nancy drew uh, Jen Stong on art and let me see colorist by Triona Farrell. The num- the letters are very stylized here and letters by Ariana Mar. Okay. All you really need to know is that Nancy drew is back. She's hilarious. She's clever. And she's got something of an admirer from her past that has sent her a letter. And the letter reads, My babe, she sent me a letter. <laughs> Dearest Nancy, I know what you did. I know you've tried to forget, but memory is long and so is life. Or at least it should be. What would your mother say if she was alive to say it? Nancy True? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, it doesn't. It's do a, a ransom. It's a ransom letter in like cutout newspaper letters. Yeah, it's fantastic. So the letter brings her home, like back to her old stomping ground, and a bunch of familiar faces from the old series are there, including the Hardy Boys <laughs> and others. And like right from the get go, this book is just filled with characters that are bursting with personality it's got um i just maybe it's just in the same vein but it reminded me a little bit of veronica mars like it 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 very much has that that tone and um i'm just gonna say it kelly thompson is uh, obviously she's she's her own creator her own person her own name all that thing but she does every now and again remind me of like an up-and-coming gail simone in terms of like humor and tone and and just bringing out the best in all of her characters and making them all really entertaining to get to know and to and to be in the story with and um hell of a cliffhanger as well yeah. uh, for this issue that i i got to the last page and I'm about to swipe, and and I, in my head, I was like, "Please don't be the last page. Please don't be the last." And then it was the last page. I was like, no <gasps> curses. So, um, yeah, Nancy Drew number one. I super super duper loved it. I have so many new series that I'm collecting. I'm draining my bank account, but I don't really care because they're so good. Um, Bob, what did you think? Uh, absolutely loved it. And my experience with Nancy Drew is. Bits of the TV show. Uh, maybe I saw one of the Benita Granville movies from back in the day on TV. Nancy Drew goes back to like 1930. So long before the, the you know, the, the Buffy gang and the Scooby gang and, and Veronica Mars, there was Nancy Drew hanging out. And Kelly Thompson, Jen Seange, uh, Trina Farrell, the whole team here, really have captured this energy of this really special young woman in Nancy Drew who has been an inspiration to, I'm sure, Kelly Thompson, probably to Gail Simone, to everyone we've ever thought of as a writer. Because here, here's the series of novels over all these years. And in this book particularly, 
the plot and characters are involving. You got a classic hook. You got a mystery story. The art is amazingly pitch perfect. It is all ages without being cartoony, yet still being light at the same moment. This is this is a heck of a book, and uh, we'll, we'll throw this out to Jess. She was so excited about this book last week that I had to make sure I, I got myself a physical copy off the shelf, and I'm so happy I did. I'm in. Thank you, Dynamite. <laughs> right on. What a Fantastic. week. What a good week. Right? Yeah. All right. So, as we move along, you both went to the movies. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I have not. So spoilery. We'll we'll stay away from spoilery. Yeah, spoiler. General spoiler thoughts free. only. All right, uh, Joey. Why don't you take it away? All right. Incredibles two opened uh, this past week, or as we like to talk around here, the actual Fantastic Four. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, f- after fourteen years, Pixar finally put out the sequel to Incredibles. Um, with a great featurette before the film saying, we know it took 14 years, yeah. perfection takes time. And it really was a great, great follow-up and a really great, great film too, as, as we are want to get from Pixar too. Directed and written by Brad Bird, uh, starring much of the original cast. Kind of your classic uh, superhero, supervillain story, trying to get back in the game. Won't spoil too much about the, the plot and everything, but it picks up immediately after the events of Incredibles 1, and we just get more of that family dynamic, more of the supers trying to find their way back in the world, and more of that great humor and uh, characterization and animation that we got from that, that first one too. Uh, obviously with, with even better animation than, than the yeah. first one. I love this this movie. It was great. I saw it in a sold-out audience in New York City on a Thursday night, um, and it was wonderful. The crowd was raucous. There were kids and adults and everybody uh, in between in, in the theaters, and everybody was just laughing together and having a great time. There were a few moments that were just genuinely some of the funniest things I've seen on screen um in forever it was just such a joy to watch um i love the characters you know the the incredibles the as a family just they're just great to see and and all those parallels to marvel's first family are are there and honored and and well deserved too it's just a wonderful wonderful film uh with a great short in front called yes. bow um about a uh dumpling a dumpling, <laughs> a, dumpling. A, a mother who who makes a dumpling and uh there <laughs> I, I i don't want to spoil don't anything because it's don't just it's such a wonderful silent short that I was crying. I, I was crying after two and a half minutes and it just set the tone for, for what was going to be a wonderful, wonderful evening. If you haven't got a chance to see Incredibles 2 yet, go see it. It's an incredible film. Um, Bob, you saw it too. What'd you think? Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Here's the thing. The first one is so special to me. I don't know that anything could pass it, but 14 years of animation technology advances. The the art in this it is so layered and three-dimensional it really adds to the energy of the whole thing i saw it in on thursday night as well and it was a family crowd and i was seeing young parents who were kids when the first one came out Mm -hmm. bringing their little ones to the Mm -hmm. theater 
And the little ones were as invested because they've obviously been brought up on the the original Incredibles. And that's just just great to see that the generations can embrace this. It is still the family dynamic. It is a slight change (laughs) in how how that how it works as to who the breadwinner is, so to speak. So we see lots of Helen, lots of Elastigirl. And that's amazing. There is. I, I don't want to say too much about the plot. There is something about the plot that it, it, it works when you're watching it. And when I sat down after, it was like, well, well wait a minute. <laughs> that, that That's kind of nutty because this and this and this and this. But you know what? You're so involved while it's going on. The action, how the themes from the first one thread through this. Because this really, it is the same day. It's the track meet and the underminer, the mole man shows up and and things go downhill from there and uphill as well at the same moment. So really great work by Brad Bird and the team. Voice work across the board. I'll just say this. When I see Craig T. Nelson or hear Craig Craig T. Nelson and his family are staying in a motel, I just think poltergeist. (laughs) Right? I, I just... There's so many little nods to comic books, other movies. I will tell you, by the way, folks, there is no post-credit sequence. You're not wrong. Um, Speaking of themes, it is just one of the best scores ever. Yes. Like when that, that, that music hits, you're like, oh, I will go with you to the end of days. Just blasting that. Right, it's Monty Norman's original James Bond stuff. So good. Um, Jack Jack steals the movie for me. He's he's just a wonderful little character. There's a great Jack Jack versus a raccoon fight in the early in the movie. That will just that that just kickstarted the entire audience and everyone was into it from that point on. It is so fun. Again, go see it. Go see it. Go see it. I'm okay. going to ask you this, Joey, because yeah. uh, I want to put this out. It's kind of spoilery, but I'd rather put it out there so people look for it. I think there's a Stan Lee cameo. Oh. There's a crowd scene, and you see an older, white-haired fellow with glasses and a mustache. In <laughs> three-quarter three view, and I'm thinking Brad threw Stan into this movie. Is it at the train, mm. or is it in the end? It's of the in. Movie? It's in that. It's in the. As I remember, it's in the end of that train sequence. Interesting. I'll have to go see it again just to just to see. And the bow short is so good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Tears were everywhere in the theater. There were little gasps, like, "Oh, <gasps> wait!" There's one moment with the bow. Oh my God! The whole audience just went. <gasps> And yep. was silent through the end of the show. It was so good. Steve, you need All to right. see this one. Yeah, Did well, you... my jealousy is deep-rooted now. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Did you get any trailers, Joey? Um, I'm trying to think. Nothing that I hadn't seen before. I saw Christopher Robin. Yeah. Oh. That trailer, which looks... Look, I, in my head, I'm thinking Hook, but done well. <laughs> oh, oh, what? Come on now. I, I'm really, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, look, it's, it is Ewan McGregor. We have Haley Atwell. We've got some good stuff going on there. And also a trailer for Wreck-It Ralph 2. Oh, I saw that. And they played, uh-huh. the, they played the scene with the princesses, which is just fantastic. Yes. <laughs> fantastic writing. 
Right. Well, it had to have Sarah Silverman like rag on a whole bunch of princesses. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I like when Cinderella breaks the shoe and uses it for a shiv. Yeah. Have you exactly. guys seen the memes where they take that princess scene and they like layer in instead of the character from Wreck It Ralph, it's like Bucky from the Avengers movies. Really? It's like, do you have magic <laughs> hair? Yes. <laughs> Can you talk to animals? Rocket Raccoon? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Alrighty. Moving right along. I'm glad you guys had fun at the movies. I am uh, really looking forward to going to see it. Um, ba, 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 da, ba. So we put out a last minute question for the group. And uh, all y'all had some answers. We'll go through ours and then we'll pull some of yours. The question being, it is mid-June and half of the year is pretty much over. So, what books, what series, what titles 2018 have stood out to us and to you throughout the year? I am going to start. Who would like to go? Should I go or do one of you want to go? (laughs) Don't all jump in at once. You're the boss. You make the the choices. Yes. I know, but sometimes I know that, you know, one of you isn't ready and the whole thing. All right. Already. We're already. We're Michael already. <laughs> oh. Okay. So um I'll go first. I um let me think. Um, <laughs> You're not no, ready. no, 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 no. <laughs> I got him. I got him. I have a list. I made a vow to keep a list throughout the year of all the stuff that I like and I bold things that stand out to me. Um I just don't want to go stealing everybody's thunder because all right um so for this year i'm just gonna do titles only um i think abbott has been a standout uh about betty's boob for sure uh all summer long is a graphic novel that i talked about a few weeks ago batman white knight i don't know what anybody else is gonna think of it but that was the coolest batman story that is not the tom king stuff that i've read in a very long time uh vera brosgul's be prepared graphic novel was fantastic bingo love mm. uh earlier in the year really uh really hit a nice note for me uh what else do i got here domino we've talked about uh eternity girl from young animal is really shaping up to be something special it's like doom patrol level good uh gideon falls yeah. has been really impressive so far uh there's only two issues of it but I'm keeping my eye on it because I really, really love the first two. And I'm hoping that maybe by the end of the year, I could recommend that everybody read it. But um, that book that I talked about a little while ago uh, from Aftershock called Her Infernal Descent about the uh, the woman going to rescue her family from hell. And she's like running into Jimi Hendrix and Edgar Allan Poe and all these different souls that are trapped down there and having these, you know, really introspective conversations with them as she makes the journey. It's really incredible. I it's, I love it. Um, Infidel, I think has been really, really good. Isola has also been amazing. Mm. Um, Milk Wars. When, when, when we, when we go <laughs> best, best storyline, Milk Wars was fantastic. Mighty Thor. Um, I'm not going to, I'm going to skip some of these. I know that you guys are going to, the Prince and the Dressmaker. Okay, graphic novel, Jen Wang, read it, because it's going to come up. 
Uh, nope, that's just something from last year that I read. Skyward from Image. Uh, only two issues, but amazing. I, I really, really love the second one. Uh, Speak is a graphic novel adaptation that I read this year from Emily Carroll. Um, was also fantastic. And the last one I will give mention to is uh, The Three Rooms in Valerie's Head. Uh, we read that in like January, but every time that I think about it, I kind of like it more and more, and I'm looking forward to revisiting it uh, later in the year. So that be my list. Uh, Bob, would you like to go? Well, I will second your motions on Domino. Certainly Milk Wars, which was so loopy, but so much fun as well. Abbott, certainly one of my favorites for the year. Mighty Thor as well. Look, the, the repeat offender, so to speak, Giant Ace has been great. Ms. Marvel continues to be awesome, as, as has Squirrel Girl. I will throw in for what Marguerite Bennett did with both Bombshells and Batwoman both, which coming to an end. But then it's some of those oddball things. Uh, well, I'll, I'll throw Paper Girls into this mix as well. Dead Hand, I've been absolutely oh, loving. You stole uh, my top one, Bob. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um... Should I then not mention Tales of Suspense? Oh, damn it. <laughs> Stop reading the same books. Uh, both both excellent. Marvel 2-in-1 by Chip Zdarsky. Uh, Jim mm-hmm. Chung, amazing stuff. Uh, Brave and the Bold, Liam Sharps, Batman, Wonder Woman, Celtic mythology book, incredible. I want to thank Steve for My Best Friend is a Bear, which I absolutely love and will be picking up so I can own a physical copy so I can keep revisiting. And Black Magic. Only a few issues out this year, but boy, it never fails to absolutely amaze. So, And Batman for four-fifths of the time, except for those Booster Gold issues. <laughs> Booster Gold. Well done, well done. Uh, Joey, what do you got? Yeah, I just had a joke that I couldn't fit it in. I was going to say, would you say that Bingo Love has your number, Steve? All right, you don't get it. Oh, no, no, I have good ones. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, no, Dead Hand was already mentioned. Giant Day's already mentioned, too. Uh, Killer Be Killed is still great. Um, Rogan Gambit was awesome from Kelly Thompson. uh, And huge news about a... More Rogan Gambit coming from, from Kelly Thompson yep. later this year, which is going to be awesome. Um, and a very kind of spoilery announcement, but we can talk about that later. I think there's a listener question about it. Um, Gideon Falls, you mentioned as well. Um, Lucy Dreaming. Did we talk about Lucy Dreaming? from oh, uh, No. Great. Yeah, Lucy Dreaming, again, also only about two or three issues in. Really cool start to that series, too, from Boom. Really cool. Abbott, Tales of Suspense, already mentioned, too. Um I talked about these two uh, on the 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 cast a couple of times, but Assassinistas from um, IDW's mm-hmm. Black Crown imprint has been awesome uh, from Teeny Howard and uh, uh, Gilbert Hernandez, I want to say, um, which has been really really cool. And um, we we rag on it all the time, <laughs> but I actually do enjoy Doomsday Clock. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it, we 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 crap on it all the time because of its publishing schedule and everything. But at, at the end of the day, I think it is kind of a bold move, and it sucks that we have to wait two months 
or more to to read an issue but when you actually look at the issues all together i think it is actually a really good book ah, they've got you no i i do genuinely feel that um and also there's this little book and i don't talk about it a lot but uh, <laughs> here it goes <laughs> get out your bingo cards speak of bingo it's called the wicked of the divine <laughs> it's so good it's so good and it has been you only making, have a year and a half left it has been making the biggest moves ever these last i think we've had three issues this year so far it's been astounding and uh yeah, it's been really cool. So Wicked and Divine's been great as well, and, and we'll continue talking about it. It's been a cool year for, like, new series, too. Um, mm, I know. Uh, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, one that I've been talking about a lot over the last couple of months is that book Survival Fetish from, from Black yes. Mask, which has been, like, this weird little book about this dude who just runs in Honolulu, in dystopian Honolulu. But it's just got my attention, and it's it's really cool to see. So... I don't know what it says about these kind of long running series that or whatever, but I don't know. There's a lot of new things out there that have just been just been grabbing my Mm -hmm. eye over the last couple of months. Um, I know that Melissa, if she were here, she would want us to mention coyotes. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was uh, very cool. And if Jess were here, she would want us to mention dogs, dragons and dead horses. (laughs) Snails and scoundrels. Is that a book? (laughs) Yeah, it should should be. be. We're going to write it. She's going to do the art, and I'm going to write it. <laughs> it's going to be called For All the Dead Horses. Nice. And All the, and all the Kingsmen. Um, all the Kingsmen? <laughs> anybody? All the Kingsmen? Fnar, Fnar. All right. Uh, so we put out the call for people to tell us what they've been enjoying this year, and we have some lists from Tim. A comic nerd. Every Superman book of 2018 has been double fire emoji. Whoa, That's two fire. times the fire. <laughs> dub fire. Dire. Dub fire. There you go. This is dub fire. Uh, <laughs> blue, blue girl. I that, No uh, apologies. There's no apologies on the Talking Comics podcast. Yeah, how okay. crazy is it that that Man of Steel series by Bendis is already on issue number four this week? It, when will it pass Doomsday Clock? <laughs> well, it's going to be done in two more weeks because it's of six, right? But he's doing it weekly. Crazy. Rogelzar. <laughs> oh, no. I want okay. the Rogelzar Solomon Grundy crossover. That's oh, ah, there it we is. We can't go without us. I went out mentioning Solomon Grundy born on a Monday. <laughs> Blue Girl says... Mr. Miracle, Rise of the Black Panther, The Brave and the Bold, Aquaman, and Saga. And Paper oh, and Girls also, and Abbott. Paper Girls and Abbott. I had to scroll. <laughs> a minute. Uh, somebody I don't recognize. Jars. Jarsik K. I think it's Jarska. Shy. Shyaffer? Shyaffer. Schaefer? Could be. No, it's Anyway, Sikafer. some person, I don't know. Uh, anyone who listens to this show, well, we all listen to the show because we're on it, Jaryarsika, uh, <laughs> knows I am the conductor of the Batman slash Tom King bandwagon. Whoopsh. 
Mr. Miracle, I'm only being obnoxious because yeah. I know it'll make her laugh when she listens to this. Mr. Miracle is amazing as well. Scales and Scoundrels has become one of my favorites. Saga, as always. Rose has been wonderful and lots of new books and I am excited to see where they go. I have to check out Rose. She keeps on mentioning this book. Yeah. It's almost like she wants me to read it. <laughs> almost. Almost. <laughs> Right. Uh, Sean, who is at Argyle Eater, says to Sender, Paper Girls, Gideon Falls, Killer Be Killed, Cold War. I'm not familiar with that one. Mm. Uh, Batman White Knight. Hell yeah. Weatherman. Yeah, Weatherman was good. Venom. Venom is also really good. I read the second issue this past week, and it was just as good as the first. Is that Donny Cates? Yeah. Nice. And Ryan Stegman. It's really, really Yo, good. Oh, that's a team. Uh, Analog and Punk's Not Dead. Yo, Black uh, you Crown. Talked about that Punk's Not times. Dead coming up. Yeah. Uh, formerly known as Giant Woman, who is Sarah, host of the Ladies of Valhalla podcast. Yes. We will talk about them. Plus, in such a, a yes, such a great first episode. Next. Go ahead. Uh, in no particular order, she says, Imaginary Friends. Beans. Dark beans, beans. Sorry, beans. <laughs> uh, fired. Um, Double dark fired. arc, motherlands, the brave and the bold, the highest house, Isola, Domino, death or glory. That has also been very good. Second issue was fantastic. Marvel two and one, the thing slash human torch. Way to write the whole thing out. Yeah, Sarah. nice. Carol what? Cross. Why she's a host? Okay. Yes, it's true. Says Invincible Iron Man, Mighty Thor, Ninja K, little valiant for you, and Captain America. Yeah, Ooh, yeah you know, the the Wade run coming down the end's been awesome. Absolutely, Carol. Good job. Oh, cool. cool. Pump for uh, the Tom... code stuff though. Coming soon. Yep. Hmm. Uh Tom Zim says Mighty Thor, the Man of Steel, the Flash War, Abbott and Gideon Falls. <laughs> Pop, what the hell was that? Oh. Hey, Abbott! I know that one. I didn't know that other one. That other <laughs> one was kind of frightening. <laughs> yeah, that's a really terrible thing that happens in years it, right now. It was my exorcist thing. Oh, yeah. Jesus, never again. Jesus. Okay, sorry. No pea soup. No pea soup on the podcast. Uh, neural. <laughs> Sammy Cassell says Gideon Falls. Another one for Gideon Falls. Oblivion song. I've not kept up with that. I read the first issue and don't remember it. I'll have to go back. Uh, Thor, Redneck. Hell yeah for Redneck. Uh, Dark Ark and Old Man Logan Ooh. are his picks. Matt Helms, Secret Identity of the Beard Man. Still one of my favorite names on all of Twitter. Uh, Venom, Avengers, Batman, White Knight, uh, and Batman by Tom King. Yeah, um, Okay. I hear that one's so, pretty good. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I'm going to skip. Oh, we'll go, we'll go back to, uh, to Dick Grayson's because those look questiony as opposed to listy. Um, from Shy. Can't read this at all. I apologize. Yes. What Joey said Killer be killed, Aquaman, Mr. Miracle, Shade the Changing Girl, various or changing woman. Uh, and Supergirl being super. Was that last year? It was, that was last like year. Half and half. Half and half, yeah. Last issue it's was cuspy. this year. Yeah. It's cusp. It's, it's, it's on the cusp. 
It's like having two horoscopes. It's like our horoscopes. Yes, we we put it into last year's list because I needed it there. (laughs) It's a Capricorn Aquarius. Okay. Oh, dude. Remember those Uh, Joel Jones Batman issues? Yeah. Yeah, wait till those Joel Jones Catwoman issues. (laughs) What? That book is going to be perfect. Double Uh, fire emoji. uh, Hey, 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 Joey! She, Joey, she's gonna be at the New York Comic Con. Did you know that I'm gonna be at the New York Comic Con? I've oh, heard shit. that. <laughs> All right. Before I lose my my cool at Yellow Ghost Dick Grayson, have you guys heard uh, the Rogue and Gambit news? I'm in. Also, with Steve Orlando writing WW One Woman. In August and September, I think I'm back in for Diana. At least two to four issues. What about you guys, Bob? I have already pre-ordered the Steve Orlando issues. (laughs) Boom! Because I... This sounds awful. I need to support DC making the right decision, finally. Nice. I've been following along, but if, if anyone wants to see what's been going on in Wonder Woman, Tim Hanley, on his blog, Straightened Circumstances, has been reviewing every issue of the James Robinson Wonder Woman in one of the most hilariously funny disses you'll ever read. We Every two weeks, you get a, a, a blast of comedy gold, and I have gotten to read all about Jason and Baby Darkseid and all this crazy stuff that's going on and he also has, has alerted everyone to steve orlando coming on board uh so into it ready to jump on board sold sold dick race and sold yellow ghost we're there yeah <laughs> regarding the rogan gambit news he's referring to the new york times piece that marvel uh and, and the new york times put out today which basically spoils the events of x-men oh. gold number 30 which Name. is which is the big wedding issue between colossus and kitty that i've been waiting for for months bob and i even read the wedding special thinking yes. it was the wedding and it wasn't the damn wedding remember I paid my five dollars. Times, um, so they spoil the thing, which has become kind of their their trick of the trade, as it were, over at Marvel to kind of spoil the big news of their Wednesday releases, the Tuesday before, and the Times, which I guess gets them press or something. So they spoil mm-hmm. some big news. We won't spoil it here. You want to go find the article? You can. But spinning out of uh, X Men Thirty. Uh, is going to be a new Rogan Gambit series by Kelly Thompson, mm-hmm. um, which the title of which is a spoiler, so we won't talk about it here yeah. either. Um, but I'm in for that too. Like I said earlier, uh, when we talked about our favorite series so far this year, the Rogan Gambit series that Thompson did was just so fun and fantastic and honored their history and all of its complicated wonderfulness. And uh, I'm in for more. If she's down to write more, I'm down to read it. Uh, and we'll see how that goes. I'll probably still pick up X-Men gold number 30, just mm-hmm. to kind of see what happens and how we get that issue, that, that new series. But um, I'm kind of over that, you know, I was, I was genuinely well, really excited to read X-Men gold number 30 and see what happens, even though I haven't been reading the rest of X-Men gold, at all but that's just i think that's lame i, I don't know why you, they would you do know that. what 
Marvel's over it too because they've just announced that X Men Gold and Blue are are being canceled. <gasps> yeah. Yes. You know what? Those are terrible titles for books. <laughs> Give me my Uncanny X Men back. Yeah. Uncanny X Men number seven hundred. And Let's keep go. my X Men Red going. It's so good. Yeah. I like that book. Well, I know you're not 100% into it, but I fucking You all know it. how I feel about my X-Men. Yeah, yeah, we know. Cyclops, blah, blah, blah. Cyclops was right! Hey! Cyclops. Hey. I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am also in for the Orlando Wonder Woman. Did we ever find anything out about the rumor that G. Willow Wilson was going to be writing Wonder Woman? No, hasn't gone anywhere but very, very rumory. And considering ah. that that's the source we got it from was a rumory source to begin with. Let's call it a double rumor. Hearsay and pish tosh. Yes. Throw it out the window. Double but fire. what we do have we do have coming in the DC Black Label next year are Wonder Woman stories from both Greg Rucka and Kelly Sue DeConnick. Holy crap. Girl, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. What? I said, girl, what? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, Greg's is about young Diana. And oh, well, she is Diana's daughter. Nice. And Kelly Sue's is a uh, Amazonian history. Kelly Sue's puts Wonder Woman on a floating moon of imprisoned women. And she has to fight... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Has to fight Western people with guns, yes. <laughs> which is televised all... to a dystopian America. <laughs> right, and they're right, and they're all Cree. So it's all her works put together once. No, it's uh, she has Bill Jimenez on art, who wow. did a great run on Wonder Woman. Yeah, and hers is Amazonian. Remember, remember Phil Jimenez's Superwoman's. Yep. Oh, good times. Good times for like half an issue. <laughs> That bait and switch. Those issues took like seven days to read. They were so old school. Long. I loved them. They were so good. <laughs> I, All right. I stayed for eight issues. I did. And and my I salute you, Bob. <laughs> I didn't. Awesome. I didn't last past the first one. Oh. I I was I was so done. I was so done. All right. There is another part to Yellow Ghosts. Oh, wheat question. One more thing. One more thing. How many comics do you all get on average per month? Mm. I think I'm averaging anywhere from 35 to 40, if not more. Want to make some cuts, but some of these stories, characters are so good. All right. He's all right. Wrong, I think, man. I think. What's not, that? He's not wrong. You know, I, I, it's been a really good 2018 so far. It has been. It has been. Let me uh, let me just tell you something. Don't keep track of what you buy. <laughs> go, go with your heart and your wallet, and and do what you gotta do. Uh, we've already talked about this a few times on the podcast. In terms of how many books am I getting per month, I don't know. Um. I have long since stopped keeping count. I keep up with a lot of books. Um, even if I'm going to read it later, I get pretty much anything new that I want to read for the sake of the show. Uh, and, and I hit the sales and collect things. 
I have a comic book reading problem or a comic book buying problem, I should say. Hi, I'm St- I'm Steve S. And I'm an That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we I think we might need some like comic book AA because um, I definitely I definitely spend way too much on comic books. Shh, don't tell anybody. Um, I am a smart shopper for the most part, but having your credit card already like ready and rare to go with like those one one click magic is uh real dangerous that's how you end up reading three volumes of meg and mog go to amsterdam (laughs) in the middle of the night uh that's how that happens but in all seriousness i read everything i buy um i get a lot of enjoyment out of this stuff i don't bring everything that i read to the show just because there isn't time but we've been doing this show for like six years and change and I still love this stuff. It, it it makes me smile. It kind of takes me a little away from things for a little bit at the end of the night uh, when I read before bed. Um, I love sharing stories and characters with my friends. And I, I would spend triple the amount that I normally do just to keep this thing going because it is that much fun. So in a, in a, fire swamp that is the world these days it is nice to have a little corner where i i can i can escape and have adventures so that's my take on this question that's that's how you do it steve it's about what you love you know and i'm probably to put a number on it 12 to 15 regular series and then all together, I mean, minis and one shots, whatever, 25 to 30. Maybe it gets to 35 if we count trade paperbacks like Dakota North this week. Some months are less, though. Some months are, okay, the miniseries have ended or books I've collected have fallen to the Ryer curse. That's something you could do. Uh, yellow, you know, Yellow or Dick or however we'd let Yellow Ghost or Dick Grayson if if you just follow books I like, they'll all get canceled. It'll cut your list down right away. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Joey, how about you? No, yeah. I'm I'm a little bit different. I don't really... My pull list is very uh, kind of transient and changes. I'm, I'm very much a pickup number ones when I see one that looks interesting. I, I give a lot of shots to books from boom and black mask you know i'll pick up those those issues too and what's great about those is a lot of those are miniseries so it's hard for me to count a lot of my books kind of end and like go from month to month the numbers are always different um i'll tell you what helps a lot uh marvel unlimited helps a lot i do read a lot of books on there and yeah granted there's a there's a month kind of gap there um but i'm okay with kind of waiting especially with those marvel books um in terms of Marvel stuff, I'm not reading a lot of kind of month to month, so those don't really add up. So, um, no, I, I don't. I don't think I'm at like 35 to 40 per month, but probably about half that, 20, 25. You know, um, I don't mm-hmm. stick with a lot of books uh, too, just because I am such a let's see where this goes kind of reader. And then more often than not, I'll come back and read it in trade too. There's just so many ways to read books that. You know, and we 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 experience so many on the show too. Like, 
if if one of y'all bring up a book, I'll be like, oh, that sounds great, and I'll wait for the trade. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I don't go yep. back and I'll read it month to month. So it's hard because I'm the kind of person that wants to read as much from as many publishers as I can. So it's hard for me to kind of put a number on it month to month. It's especially hard too since I lost the shop, right? Like with, without the shop, yeah. it's hard for me to kind of put a number on how many books I read per week, per month. It, it used to be very easy to have that stack on my nightstand. Um, but in terms of making some cuts and stuff, like go with your heart, like Steve said, you know, like, yeah. And it's, and the I other am... thing too is like, sorry, just go ahead, Steve. No, no, no. I just, a, a general rule of thumb um, for, for me would be like, your your gut will tell you what are you really truly enjoying if you're running into a money problem and you really do have to let some things go ride ride the things out that you're like you're only kind of into or can live without ride them out until the end of the arc and then maybe chill on them for a little bit yeah and trade wait um you'll have to wait a little while to get those stories but you'll get them at you know a more reasonable price once they're all collected instead of paying for them individually, yeah. and you're still adding to the numbers in trade. So you are, you know, so long as you're you're buying and supporting the comic in some way, you are still contributing to that. And you know, they look at those numbers. Look what happened with Whitley. You know, yeah. like, uh, they, they gave him a, an, another shot at Unstoppable Wasp because the trade sales were so good. You know, and and yeah, it sucks that we weren't buying it month to month or that people weren't buying it month to month, but. Once those trades sold like they did, hey, look, it got bought up, you know, and they're going to give them another run, which is awesome yeah. to see. Um, so, I mean, and Comixology runs sales on those collected editions all the time, which is oh, really yes, cool. You know, um, I was going to say something, too, and I forgot what it was. Oh, like the, the other thing, too, is <laughs> to back to Bob's point, too, is like the best books get canceled <laughs> like like you're, you're you're writing out for 16 issues and you'd be like what what do you mean it's over you know so like the hawkeye the hawkeye yeah. you know and and uh it, it's it's so sad but it's true how many of our are how many of the best books out there like you'll be collecting month to month and then you won't be collecting them anymore because they're not coming around uh, out anymore which is which is pretty wild to think you know um but you know just commit to what you want to commit to and and read the books you want to read um and if you like 35 to 40 books then you like 35 to 40 books and if you if you want to if you can afford that and you love it then do it you know we're not about to be like well you're diluting in the pool like forget that read what you want to read Speaking of reading what you want to read, why don't we tell everybody what we're picking up this new console day? Segway. Yo, wow. you're like, like a, you're like a host. You're like Steve. the host of the Talking Noise podcast. <laughs> I'm like a year and a half later. I'm finally getting the hang of this thing. <laughs> All right, this is my last show. This is this is it. It's oh, not going to get any better than this. <laughs> um. All right. So on my list for this coming week. Of course, I have Batman number 49. We're getting real close to the wedding. Cave Carson has an interstellar eye number four. Justice League number two, going to ride it out. Uh, Gideon Falls number four hits. And Hit Girl, also number five. Ice Cream Man volume one. I only read the first issue. I'm really, really curious to see how that series, uh, the first arc, turned out. It's terrifying. Where did that spider go? Yeah. 
right. Yeah, seriously, I'm I'm interested. So I'm definitely going to pick that up. Uh, 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 Infidel number four, Son of Hitler, comes out tomorrow. Um, same creator. Uh, oh, he's going to kill me because I forgot his name. Uh, as the Nancy Drew, uh, the big lie that I talked about earlier in the year, the um, the graphic novel that was absolutely fantastic. Um, amazing Spider-Man number 801. They got me with that that 800 arc that I read. I'm going to probably follow that out. Uh, Peter Parker Spectacular Spider-Man Annual comes out. Runaways number 10. And I am going to try uh, Dan Slott and I think I believe it's Valerio Sheedy's yeah. uh, Tony Stark Iron Man number one. Nice. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to give that a whirl as well. Sweet. Nice. You're way yeah. past me, Steve. I've got a short list this week. I have a Bat- problem. <laughs> Batman 49's on that list. So is Batwoman 16, which will be ending about two months from now. So got to see where Marguerite Bennett takes that. Brave and the Bold number five. Ant-Man and the Wasp number two with Nadia and Scott stuck in the microverse. Got to see where that goes. There is also... The Giant Days trade paperback called Extra Credit, which has all the oh. little single edition books over the last you know couple of years, all collected in one trade paperback. So I'll be getting that as well. Adding it to the list. More money. <laughs> yeah. I'm debating um, about Mystic U. Read the first yeah, collection. Liked it, it yeah. but I yeah. I so I got a I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to give that a think before uh, before I plunk down for that. Um, it looks really cool, and, and Jess said that it was a lot of fun. So maybe I trust her on this one. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what the bill what the bill comes to. Yeah. Uh, Joey. Yeah. Um, I'll probably also check out Amazing Spider-Man number eight hundred one. I just have a I just have a thing for last issues i don't know what it is I'll, I'll pick them up i did the same thing with silver surfer i was like i haven't read the last 13 issues but i'll read it and obviously i went back and read the rest i don't know if i'll go back and read the last eight years of 800 comics but yeah whatever. no read all 800 spider-man you know i i wouldn't put it past myself to do that um <laughs> x-men gold number 30 like i said I'll, I'll probably pick it up i i need to see the wedding i need to know what happens um shanghai you RSVP'd. Red, i did i rsvp'd uh shanghai red number one is kind of being pitched as the the biggest one to come out of image this week so i'll probably check that one out too uh tank girl all stars number one from titan Aww. they always put out these great little tank girl uh minis which are really cool second issue of my little pony ponyville mysteries number two is coming out okay. very exciting there um Let's see what else, what else, what else. I think the last issue of Mark Wade's run on Cap is coming out this week, too. Yes. He's been doing this kind of future arc, too. So I might go back and uh, uh, read through those as well. And then um, I think the last thing on my list will probably be a graphic novel from IDW called A Strange and Beautiful Sound from Zepp, who wrote A Story of Men, which we read late last year, which was yeah. great. So I'll probably check that graphic novel out as well. That sounds interesting. Yeah. What is, uh, what's the deal with that one? I don't know. I'll pull up the uh, solicit right now. I just saw the, the creator, and I was like, oh, we read that. Might as well. Okay, here we go. Mm-mm. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> 
Wow. William chose silence 25 years ago when he joined the Carthusian religious order. When inheritance forces him to leave the monastery for Paris, he must master a whole new world and question certainties forged long ago. He meets Marie, a young woman whose days are numbered due to an incurable illness and who is resolutely decided on making the most of the time she has left. Now, William must face new questions. Where is life's value? In the struggles or in the peace? And complicate his choices in a powerful story that truly addresses the meaning of life. That's heavy, Doc. Mm. All right, here we go. This is what IDW says. For readers of quiet, introspective graphic novels like Craig Thompson's <laughs> Blankets, Julian Hanshaw's Tim Ginger, Jeff Lemire's Underwater Welder, Adrian Tomine's Killing and Dying, and Manuela Fiore's 5,000 kilometers per second, read A Strange and Beautiful Sound. I just might. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me read it first. I'll tell you if it's good, then you can read it. All right, all right. <laughs> That's going to do it. For this week's edition of the Talking Comics Podcast, as always, you can send us your comments or questions through our email podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. We are also on Twitter at Talking Comics. Don't forget to check out talkingcomicbooks.com for news, reviews, and articles about comics, video games, TV shows, and much, much more. We have podcasts of every flavor, including Talking Games, Movies, Valiant, and Adventure, Bendis Assembled, and the ladies of Valhalla, who I am proud to announce their first episode is out. Uh, It is on the Talking Comics thread. So if you got an extra show this past Friday, that is their inaugural episode, the uh, champagne smashing, if you will which basically introduce you to your three hosts, uh, Sarah Miles, Jessica Schaefer, and Bronwyn Kelly Say. The next time that they uh, get together, they're going to be talking about Noelle Stevenson's Nimona. So, uh, and I I hear it on the grapevine that that episode will be recording quite soon. So uh, we'll figure out when uh, when we're going to release that and go from there. But for for right now, we're... uh, we're going to keep them on this thread. So if you if you subscribe to Talking Comics, you will get the Ladies of Valhalla podcast. Just if you download things automatically, you automatically get it. Nice. So on and so forth. Um, yeah, I mean, we have the install base, right? And it's a sister podcast. And we wanted to give them a leg up and everything. And honestly, to make a whole brand new thread and start from zero when there's already so many listeners of the Talking Comics podcast, it just makes sense. It's a monthly thing. It's not like it's a huge commitment. So, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, if you have a monthly show versus a weekly show, it's harder to get people to hit the subscribe button because they figure that they'll just catch up whenever because they know they're not getting it every week. Psychology, man. Mm. People don't know. People don't know what they want. What you want. Never the of what, you, podcast. what they think they want. Exactly. I'm going to tell you what you want. You want both podcasts on the same feed. No muss, no fuss, comic books all the time. Bob, where can our listeners find you? Since we're out of here in a hurry, Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com. And Joey. At Joey Bracino on Twitter and the Insta. I... I'm at dead underscore anchorus on both Twitter and Instagram. I would like to thank everybody very much 
for tuning in to this week's edition of the Talking Comics Podcast. We might have extra hosts next week. We'll find out. Um, we'll all find out because we haven't locked it down yet. So, mystery. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we love doing this show, and we love you for listening. Uh, be excellent even, even, to each yeah. other. Go ahead, Bob. No, I was going to say, even if we don't know what number it is, yes, we, we still love doing it. <laughs> Hit me up next week with uh, 344. Yeah. Maybe, maybe 343 part yeah, <laughs> or, or whatever. <laughs> anyway, seriously, be good. Tell people that you love that you love them. Put something positive out into this festering bowl of dog snot that is this world. Wow, <laughs> that's positive. <laughs> I'm so done. I'm so done. I'm so sick of all this stuff. Seriously, put some love out into the world. We'll see you next week on the Talking Comics Podcast. To be continued. If you go back, if you go back in the the episode order that's on the website, this is the real 343. You marked you marked it correctly last week after I said it wrong. Yeah, because I went on to the I probably went in to upload the web the Yeah, no, we're not changing we're not changing the order just because I verbally fucked it up. Okay, so then this is 343. Yes. Okay.